Well, Jeremy called it Youth Sunday, but we call it Family Sunday. Um, this, this, uh, when, we were doing, when we were having services during the pandemic, we didn't do kids' ministry, and so we just had us all together. And uh, it, was, it was really special. So we said, well, why don't we, why don't we every fifth Sunday do a family service? So we involved uh, young people and kids and, and everybody. Um, and I heard her practice on Wednesday, and I said, that, I am so looking forward to hearing her sing. And uh, it was beautiful. Uh, we're going to start with uh, illustration. Steve and I, um, and I try, to, I try to team teach with somebody on these uh, Sundays. So uh, this is Steve Kearney. If you don't know Steve, say hi, Steve. Hi, guys. This is, this is the, the better half of Rebecca. Okay, past Rebecca. So I don't know how. Nice. Nice. Try. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Or the, the other half. Or, so. I, was, I was so excited to be able to teach with Pastor Dwight today. Um, I do a lot with the kids down in Treehouse and work with a wonderful team of people down there and a wonderful team of people with the youth. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit and this thing about prophecy and empowered. And I'm thinking like the Holy Spirit is kind of abstract. Like when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're kind of like this mystery, this thing that fills us. And I came across this wonderful illustration that this teaching pastor in California, his name was Buddy Owens, and he had this video about like helping people understand like the Holy Spirit. And I was like, that's perfect because we have like little, we have big in here. So I love a visual and I hope you do too. So um, he, uh, when we talk about ourselves and in the Bible, a lot of times God tells us about how we're like a vessel, like we're a container. And so God actually, when we come to Jesus, he takes our sin from us, removes it and changes us. If we decide to follow Jesus, he promises to actually give us the Holy Spirit, which fills us on the inside and changes us. And if you've experienced this, you know how powerful it is. On the inside, you feel changed and different and mm, tap water. So good. North Olmstead does it right. Um, so we, the problem is, though, when we come to Jesus, we're changed and new, and, and we're created this new creation. But a lot of our friends are still the same, and our circumstances and where we go to school and our friends that we play with on the playground and the people we talk to at work haven't changed. And so we might start to get a little bit bitter. So I got a little lemon juice here. Ooh, that actually squirted me. Nice. Um, and, and we get a little bitter. And if you know what lemon juice is like, it's very bitter. Like we might have some unforgiveness in our heart that kind of creeps in. Or maybe you're a little angry. That was a little hot sauce. Some of us have anger. Ooh. Some of us, when we drive, we have lots of anger. Like, a lot. And that anger comes into our lives. Or maybe we're jealous. And we have some envy in our lives. Let's see if I can open this. I got a little lime juice here. Envy. Ooh. Some of us, 
we like to act like we have it all together, and it looks like water, but we're a little self-righteous. We think we don't want to let anybody know what's, what we're like on the inside. So we have this part of us that looks just like God's Spirit, but when you look at it, it looks like we're filled with the Spirit, but when you smell it, vinegar is very smelly. Whew! We also have lots of things in our lives that nobody knows about. The secret things that we don't like to talk about at church. We don't like to tell anybody about the things that only we know about. And it tends to fill our lives and get, make us feel like not fresh, not filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And if we're Christians, we're sealed. So it's not that we're not going to heaven, but there's no freshness like God calls us to have to be filled with the Spirit. And so this is what it looks like when we don't take time to get filled with God's Spirit and be empowered like we're talking about in this series. Some of us today, we're sitting and listening to this, and we look inside, and we feel like, I don't think God can use me. I look inside, and I'm not full of God's Spirit. I, I, I just have so many things that aren't, aren't good enough for God to use me to pray for other people or to, to do something great for Him. But we can walk in the Spirit, even though we have these things in our lives that feel too much or too embarrassing. God wants to come in, and He wants to fill us. He wants to actually change us and transform us with the Spirit. His Spirit can actually deal with our sin. The, The difficult things in our lives that feel too much for us, the words that we say, the lies that we tell. The Holy Spirit can fill our lives afresh. That's why in Ephesians chapter 5, I love this. In Ephesians 5, Paul talks, and we're going to talk about Paul today. He talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, be being filled continuously. So, Don't just get a little bit filled, but continuously have the Holy Spirit fill you. When we spend time in prayer every day—I'm going to get a little more, hold on. When we spend time in prayer and reading God's Word and having a posture that says, God, fill me, I need you, I need you in my lives, that when we're continuously filled with the Holy Spirit— that God can do a work in our lives, but we need to be continuously filled every day. And this is my favorite part. Look at what happens. When we're continuously filled, we overflow. We overflow into the lives of other people around us. And we we have the fragrance, and people come into contact with us, and they say, what's different about you? God's Spirit seems to be Something strange, like, you're not like everybody else. And God fills us with his spirit continuously so that we can overflow to the world around us. And the world around us is hungry for God's presence. Mm, It's still good. 
Um, one of the things before we get started and we pray for our message, because when we think about being filled with the Spirit and moving in God's power and something kind of complicated, like sounds like prophecy. Well, I'm not a prophet. Well, we're going to hear an amazing message. But one thing we do with the kids down in Treehouse is we love to have kids pray for whoever's teaching. So could my friend Searsha come up? Searsha, are you here? Would you come up and pray for Pastor Dwight and I? Come pray for us. Because we're trying to teach kids all the way downstairs that this is their church too, and that they get to play. The vineyard talks about everybody gets to play. So would you just maybe put a gentle hand on our shoulder? I don't know if you can kneel down. I can bend down. You can bend. All right, put a hand on our shoulder. And would you pray that God would speak to us today through his word? Thank you for the people we have at church today and the church we have to learn about you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Searsha. You can go have a seat. try it. Ooh, we will try. Yes. It's like a dirty ocean in there. Okay. Okay. All right. You, you can't put it in the back. Okay, we'll, we'll look up here. I want you to know when, when Steve was talking about a, a spiritual hunger, there is a spiritual hunger. It's real. Look at, there's a, a poll that was taken recently they have both Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Boomers. Would you like to grow spiritually? Everybody was in the 70 uh, percentile. Are there certain or are, are certain or think a spiritual supernatural dimension exists? 80 for most of it. Uh, boomers just missed it by one point. Sorry, Boomers. Um, believing in God or a higher power, up in the high 70s. There is in our culture now a, a general spiritual hunger. That's why I tell um, you all, I said, hey, we've got these little invite cards. Keep some in your wallet. Keep them in your purse because you're going to meet people, and they're just, they're going to have an interest. They're going to be like, no, I really don't go to church, but I'd like to go to church. You just hand it to them. Say, hey, here, check this out if you're interested. Uh, because you get to participate in, in, I think, there is a fresh move of God starting in our nation. And we get to participate in that. Because the Bible says nobody comes to the Father unless they're drawn by the Spirit. Do you believe that? And, you know, you can be a part of that. In fact, we're supposed to be a part of that. So, here's the promise in Joel that Steve was talking about. He says, afterwards, I will pour out... Wait a second. I shouldn't just read this. Can you guys read? Kids, can you read? Let's read it together. Great job, by the way. I feel like double clapping for her, huh? Okay, do that again. Give her a clap. She did a great job. It's like... Normally, in the family service, I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to teach with Steve or Chris or something like that. I'm just like, no, I, I just want to hear this young girl sing today. It was beautiful. Uh, let's read this together. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That is such an amazing promise. And that, that is what happened on Pentecost. 
And then this series actually culminates on the day the church um, celebrates Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit. So we're talking about prophecy. What is prophecy? Simple definition, hearing from God and speaking for God. Hearing from God and speaking for God. Before we get into this, I want to make a distinction between the writing of Scripture and the kind of prophecy that takes place in the New Testament. And we'll see some other scriptures to support this. When we talk about prophecy in the New Testament, it's not continuing to write scripture. Uh, the, the scripture is God's word. It's, it is a, what we call a closed canon. It is what took place in the Old Testament, and then the writings of the Gospels and the Apostle Paul, Peter, and John in the New Testament. Okay, that, otherwise, if you would have, like, a growing Bible, like, you couldn't have kept up with reading the thousands of pages over the years. That is God's Word. But the prophecy we talk about in the New Testament, and we'll talk about its, its purpose, is that it, it encourages, it builds up, it gives direction. It's, it's the gift of the Spirit to the body of Christ for helping us grow. And we'll talk about that. So the big idea today is the best way to hear from God is to pray for other people. The best way to hear from God is to pray for other people. And we're going to skip this text, and we're going to start telling the story. Steve, you had an idea about how to tell yes. this. So, Your mic. I'm going to need some help, because we're going to retell a story that's going to help us understand why praying for other people is such a good way to hear from God. I'm going to need someone who, let's see, I need like mm, five kids. Can I get five kids? I just need five kids. Come on up. Come on up. Five kids. If I have a few more, that's okay. Five, six kids. You want to come help with the story, you can come help. Five or six kids. That's probably good with enough people who are coming up. Oh, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. Awesome. Okay. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Why don't you guys come up here? That way people can see. We're going to be reading an amazing story from Acts chapter 9 about a man named Saul. Now Saul, if you hear the name Saul, a lot of people think about a king who was really bad, but that's King Saul in the Old Testament. We're talking about a guy who named Saul who became Paul. So I'm going to need one of you guys to be my Saul. Now Saul. Woo! Where's my tape? Perfect. All right, who's going to be my Saul here? Okay, you can be Saul. All right, you're going to come right here, and you're going to ride this horse. Now Saul, come stand right in the front so everybody can see. Here, come to, stand to the side over here. Aria and Mia, come over here. Um, now Saul, he was really a bad guy. Like, he liked to persecute, and, which means like he took Christians who followed Jesus, and he would put them in jail. And he loved that. In the Bible in Acts chapter 7, which is like two chapters before this, he was there when they were stoning and killing Christians named like Stephen, the first martyr. So he was there like cheering them on. He was a really bad guy. Nowadays, we'd be like, he's a bully. Yeah, like super steroids bully. Saul, though, was traveling with a group of people. So 
I'm going to have you guys be my group. So you guys kind of gather around Saul. So Abby, you guys can come stand over here. And um, you can be, what's your name? Caroline. Caroline, that's right. Come on over here. Caroline, you're going to be part of the next part of the story, okay? Do you want your brother to help you? Yeah. Okay, you can come help too. Okay, seriously, you come over here. I love this because I didn't realize when I was reading through this, because sometimes when you teach stuff, you learn stuff better. In Acts 9, there was a crowd of people with Saul. Like, he was traveling with a group of people. A lot of times when we think about Saul's conversion, if you're familiar with the story, you think about Saul was by himself, but he wasn't. He was with a whole crew of people, and they were on their—ride your horse— they were traveling to a city called Damascus where they were going to actually get letters, like official authority to throw Christians in prison. So talk about being on like a bad mission. All of a sudden, during the, their travels, something happened. A bright light shone, and Saul fell from where he was. We don't know if he was on a horse, but I love this horse. So fall down. Now the people, it says, with him could not hear what happened. They just heard a sound, and so they were probably like scratching their heads. Scratch your heads like, what's going on? What's up with Saul? And so I need somebody to read it. You want, you want to be God? You can be God. Okay. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And so Saul answered, and Saul said, Who are you, Lord? And so Saul was like, what's going on? I just fell down. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Wow. And then Paul said, Lord, what do you want to do with me? Arise. Arise and go to the city, and you will be told what to do. Now Saul, when he got up, he couldn't see. He was blind, so stand blind. And so everybody's like, what's going on? Paul can't see now? And so they went to Damascus, and Paul, or Saul, he was still Saul, Saul was blind and couldn't see. So why don't you guys just have a seat? You're in Damascus now. So have a seat. Good job. Okay, now, the cool part of this story that ties into what we're talking about today is there was somebody, whoop, glad there was no water in that, there was somebody there in Damascus named Ananias. And Ananias was praying and um, spending some time in prayer, and all of a sudden, Ananias heard God's voice. Ananias. So Ananias is like, oh, what? Can you read that? Here am I, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So Ananias is like, what's up? And so God said, Go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called Saul of Tarsus, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him so that, so that he can receive his sight. So Ananias knew who Saul was. Like, Saul had such a bad reputation that Ananias was like, I don't know if I heard that right, God. Ananias said, Lord, I have heard. Lord, I have heard many about this man. How much harm 
has he done to you saints in Jerusalem? And he is, he is, he has authority. He has authority. From the chief, chief priests. priests to the bind all who call your name. So Ananias is like, you want me to go find this guy who's killing Christians and putting them in jail? I should go look for him? I don't, so and Ananias was very unsure about this. And God said, Go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, Gentiles kings, and the children of Israel. I will show him how many, how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias said, okay, Lord, I'll trust you. So Ananias went and found Saul. Now Saul, come on over here. So Saul was just staying there, not eating. He was blind and couldn't see and was wondering and waiting because God told him, just go to the city and wait, and I'll tell you what to do. And so Ananias said to Saul, Brother Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord who appealed to you on the road has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, put your hand on Saul's shoulder. So Ananias prays for Saul, and something amazing happens. Ananias stepped out in boldness, even though Ananias wasn't sure that was the best thing to do, and said, I'll do it. Ananias goes to pray for Saul, and Saul gets healed, and God changes his name to Paul, and he becomes this amazing leader in the New Testament who writes so many letters that we still read in the Bible. Let's go ahead and give our volunteers a round of applause. Great job, guys. Perfect. You can go have a seat. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay, I love family Sundays. They're so fun. Okay, a um, couple things I want just to bring home. So this was a story that illustrates how God will speak to us for others, okay? And I want you to sit with that for a minute. It says, not only should we eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, but we should expect it. We should expect that God would speak to you for somebody else. That's a big expectation, okay? But it's true. This is right in the Bible. Uh, we can also eagerly expect to receive words of prophecy from others. And so where do we get this? We get this in the Bible. And it says this, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. <gasps> okay, wait a second. Do you believe that? Okay, do you believe the Bible? Okay, that's a weak yes. Do you believe the Bible? Okay. Now, look what the Bible says. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God. We'll talk about tongues another time. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. 
But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. I'd like you to repeat those words with me. For their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Uh, church, do you realize what it's saying? He's saying that, that we're here to build up others. We're not here to tear down others. Sometimes people have this idea that if I have a prophetic word, I'm going to go back to the Old Testament and think of King David, and I'm going to go and be Nathan, and I'm going to point out their sin. That is not what the Apostle Paul is talking about. He's talking about God giving you words of encouragement, words to strengthen, words to comfort. Why? Because our words matter. Words matter. I think that's so important, especially because, like, when we think about our words, not only do our words matter, but even when we pray for other people. I'm, I'm a teacher. I teach sixth grade, and a lot of times I'm talking to young people, and I'm reminding them because young people usually feel like, I'm just young. What I say doesn't really matter. But I always remind whether in treehouse or youth ministry, that what you say matters and you can actually be very powerful in encouraging and strengthening the adults in your life. God wants to use everybody, kids to adults, to bring words of encouragement and strengthening words of comfort. When we pray down in kids' ministry and we lay hands on each other, we practice that. We say, let's pray for each other because when, when we step out, like Ananias stepped out, our world changes because the Holy Spirit overflows in our life, and God wants to speak to us to use us. So we're going to do a little activity right here. So I need an adult. Man, reluctance. I need an adult. Ta-ta! Okay. Come on up. Tell everyone your name. Nikki. All right. Everybody say hi, Nikki. Hi. Okay. You're really brave. Good job. Because you don't even know what I'm doing. And I need a kid. Someone who's going to be like really, oh, perfect. All right. The one who volunteered you. Tell everyone your name. Leanna. Leanna. Okay, so Leanna, you're get, this is perfect. So we're talking about praying for other people. And so sometimes when you pray for other people, God calls us that we should bring words of encouragement, right? Like this, see this giant poster that's so beautifully made? Um, says, you've got this. We can bring a word of encouragement when we're praying that can really uplift people. So that's one option. So encouragement. You got the poster here. We'll put that right here. I don't know if it'll stay. Not going to stay. Okay. We can also bring words of comfort, right? Like a blanket. I love this emoji blanket, right? How do you feel sad being wrapped in this? So fun. So we can bring a word as we're praying to somebody that will wrap them in a blanket and bring them comfort. We can also strengthen people with the words that we bring to them. So we've got three choices here, and you're going to have to pick which one matches it. So let's imagine right now, put your hand on Nikki. So Liana is praying for Nikki. And so our words matter. So if you feel like God's saying, 
you are not alone. What do you think that word would do for Nikki? Do you think that would be a word that would strengthen, comfort, or encourage? So pick up whatever you think it would be. You are not alone. I feel like someone's with you, wrapping you. <laughs> I know, I was doing these, I was like, they could kind of be multiple things. Yes, the blanket, so take the blanket and wrap it around Nikki. Perfect. Oh, so cozy and warm. Our words, when we're praying for people, can comfort them. The Holy Spirit uses what we speak to wrap them in the love of Christ. Okay, how about this one? You're praying for her, and you feel like Jesus wants to fill you with his power. Does that feel like strengthening or encouragement? Yes, get the weight. Perfect. Hand over the weight. Hope you were ready for this. All right, have you been training? Great. (laughs) Um, Jesus wants to fill you with his power. That's a word that can strengthen you and feel like, yes, God is with me. The Holy Spirit is here to to comfort me, but also fill me with his power. Okay, you're praying, so you're still praying. Maybe you feel like, okay, I feel like God's praying me to, like, uh, asking me to pray about telling you to keep trusting him. Does that sound, what does that sound like? Encouragement, grab the poster. Okay, and just hold it, oh, she's got a free hand, perfect. So you can, you can pray and bring words of encouragement that when someone's in a hard place, even though you feel like, I'm not qualified, I'm just, I just work on computers. Like, God wants to use you to pray for other people in your life, to bring words of comfort, strength, and encouragement. Can we give our wonderful volunteers, Nikki and Leanna, a round of applause. Thank you. You can just put those down. So, about to wrap it up, when, uh, when we start to hear the Lord for people, there's really three possibilities. Um, one is that maybe we got it wrong, okay? Uh, there is this, this possibility when in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, if you were a prophet and you got it wrong, you know what the Bible said? Stone them. Now, that was with actual stones. It didn't mean like stoning people today means a whole other thing, okay? But it, it, it was a judgment because they misspoke. In the New Testament, it talks about two or three prophets should speak and others should weigh carefully what is being said. It's this idea that, okay, um, I need to discern that. Uh, one years ago, we had an altar in this church. And I remember somebody brought me a word, and it said, the anointing of God flows from the altar. And I'm like, that's not true. The anointing of God comes from God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, I do not dwell. God does not dwell in buildings made with human hands. Do you know where the Spirit of God dwells? We've been doing Corinthians. Come on, let me hear you. You. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I could discern that word right away and go, "Mm, no, no, no. Because why? Because it doesn't fit with the Bible. So I weighed the word and said, no. Okay, so sometimes you might be praying for somebody and hear something and get it wrong, okay? And you need to realize that. 
the other thing is sometimes it means we need to pray a little bit more for clarity, for discernment, okay? In the vineyard, they like to say when you get it wrong, maybe it was just the pizza, bad pizza you had the other night, okay? It's just one of those kinds of things. Sometimes we need to pray more for discernment. Uh, other times, maybe we didn't listen long enough. So we believe that the Lord will give us words for other people, but it's for their strengthening, their encouragement, and their edification. Do you hear that? It's to build up the body. Uh, I remember one time I was praying for a young gal, and I just had this sense of darkness. I don't know what was going on in their life, but did I speak it? No. I just prayed quietly for them, light of Jesus, just light this one up. Whatever they're going through, whatever struggle they're having, just light them up. Spirit of God, move. So sometimes you might have a negative impression, but that should form a positive prayer. And you shouldn't walk away with judgment on that person because we are all the body of Christ. We all have the Spirit dwelling in us. And we all go through different times and different seasons. So, the big idea that I'm praying you walk away with is, is this. The best way to hear from God is to pray for other people. This Wednesday, we're doing a clinic. We're going to be practicing this. We're going to be listening and praying. Come at 6.30 Wednesday night down in our old choir room, and we will be practicing this. If you want to come forward after communion, we will, you will offer prayer ministry, and we will ask the prayer people to listen for something from the Lord for you, okay? And it's for your what? Comfort. Comfort. Strengthening and encouragement. Okay, can we say that together? Comfort, strengthening, strengthening and encouragement. encouragement. Okay, we're going to pray together and then we're going to have communion. Father, we are so grateful that you speak to us for others, for their comfort, for their strengthening, and for their encouragement. To build up your body, Jesus. To build up your body. And we ask that you would give us an eager desire for that kind of prophecy. So we could be like the world's best coach that anybody's ever had. And just championing and being a, an advocate, passionate for other people's relationship with Jesus. So use us, Lord. We're your vessels. In Jesus' name, amen.